Thanks for joining me for another episode of Accented. This series is based on conversations with real people who all have different English accents. You get to hear really cool stories and listen to how people enunciate their words. Today, you're going to hear from Mohammed Fahim, who is Iranian and he is an English teacher in Kermanshah, Iran. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Accented. I've got to give a shout out to the listeners in Brazil and the Philippines. Oh my goodness, I've been looking at where people are listening to Accented and those countries are popping up at the top of my list. Wow. And of course, I've got to give a shout out to the United States of America. You guys have been listening to me all the time. So thank you once again for listening to Accented. Now, last week I mentioned that I've started a Google survey. So please tell me what you want to hear on Accented. It will only take you, I think, less than five minutes to fill in the survey. So please, it's in the show's notes. You just have to click on it and just tell me what you want to hear on the show. Also, on the 25th of July, I'll be doing a live session and anybody can come to it. All you have to do is write a review for Accented on the podcast platform that you listen to. So please send me an email at kimslawofenglish at gmail.com. Let me know once you've written a review and I'll add you to the group. I'd like to talk to you about today's guest, who is Mohammed Fahim. He is from Kermanshah in Iran. Now, I want to talk to you about Iran. Iran is a country that is found in the Middle East, and it's not an Arabic country. It's known as a Persian country. However, Mohammed explains to us that Iran is made up of many different ethnicities. Now, an ethnic group If you've not heard that term before, it's a group of people who all have a cultural connection um, of where they come from. So they all come from the same group of people. Now, when I talk about Iran being a Persian country, the Persian people are one ethnic group and they make up more than 50% of Iran's population. However, Muhammad said that there are other ethnic groups like the Kurdish, Arabic, and even Turkish. I'm sure there are even many more. There were just some that he mentioned. And Muhammad is Kurdish himself. So that is an ethnic group of a different culture, yet they all speak um, one language in Iran, which is Farsi. You will hear us discuss that. And Farsi is the common language of everybody. However, people from their ethnic groups could speak their own language at home. Let me go through some terms that are mentioned in today's episode. So, Muhammad says the word dialect. Now, dialect is like a language. It's basically the same thing. However, I mentioned that Everybody in Iran speaks Farsi. However, different ethnic groups would go home and they would speak their dialect at home. So they may speak what their cultural group speaks. 
I guess there's not the majority of people in that country speaking that. It would be a small group speaking that, but outside they speak Farsi. So uh, one country in particular that I know that has a lot of different dialects is Italy. Italians all speak Italian outside. However, there's about 150 dialects in Italy. So people go home and they uh, may speak that uh, language, which is from the region that they're coming from. Muhammad talks about being an online English teacher for Iranians who are living abroad. Living abroad means that you are no longer living in the country that you originally come from. Instead of just listening to me, let's get on with the show. So today I am speaking with Mohammed Fahim, who is from Kermanshah in Iran, and he runs the Fahim.English page. He's an English teacher. Welcome, Mohammed. Thank you. Um, it's such an honor for me to be here and... Hello to you guys out there. No, thank you so much for coming on the show. I came across your Instagram page and I was just blown away by your videos. As I was saying to you, I thought you were Iranian-American because <laughs> I, I don't even hear an Iranian accent. And you said you've never left Iran. Yeah, I do appreciate it. And um, it's just like... Practice makes perfect, I guess. And I'm not going to say that I'm perfect. I believe that there's a long way to be perfect. And if there's anything like that, actually. Um, but I do believe that if you put in the hard work, you try to work on your skills, you're going to develop them big time. So, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I even say to my students, yeah, I'm an English teacher, but I can still learn. Exactly. Yeah, that's the point. So, why did you want to become an English teacher? Uh, well, that's got to be tough. I mean, it uh, goes back to probably uh, middle school, I guess. So, I mean, I wanted to do something in the future related to English because I was so in love with English and the whole concept of learning and everything. But back in the day, I had no idea that one day I would be an English teacher. I mean, I was uh, probably assuming that I would become a translator, an interpreter or something. But um, this idea never crossed my mind. But then I got older. I grew up and I realized how this thing works. And I got, I got involved in some, let's say, um, you know, like teaching some, some kids younger than me and I thought that, yeah, I kind of like this. It sort of is something that I might actually be good at. Um, so from those early days, people kept telling me that, yeah, you have a way with words, like you can communicate pretty well. And the kind of stuff that I was teaching them, they um, almost got all of them. So that's why I decided that, okay, maybe this is not a bad thing after all. And you know how it works. Like when you realize that you're good at something, you just want to um, get to that level that you can be satisfied with yourself, with your performance and feel accomplished. So I guess I was just following that path, you know. Yeah. No, that's great. Have you ever gone on a holiday to an English-speaking country before? Oh, no. <laughs> um, I have never been outside of Iran. I was actually born and raised here. No, no, not kind of. N nothing like a holiday or anything, no. 
I find this so hard to believe, and I did ask you before, but you've, you've never had an American teacher or anybody teach you English who was a native speaker? No, um, you know, I should probably say that. I didn't really have much stuff to work with when I was working on my English, and uh, there were not lots of facilities for me to do things. I didn't have teachers like that, you know, like very professional ones. Um, so what I did after some time that I little by little got the hang of this whole grammar thing and the vocabulary and I managed to put uh, some words together, you know, like uh, string a couple of words together and make sentences. After that, um, I realized that I could work on the movies. So that was right. I didn't have access to um, some good sources for learning English, but the movies were always there. And I do remember that I had this um, thick dictionary, you know, carrying it around everywhere I went. And I kept writing stuff down. I jetted down my notebook. So I kept doing that. And I think it was effective, actually. It helped me a lot. Oh, definitely. That, that's for sure. And if you could go to any English-speaking country in the world, where would you go to first? That's so tough. I'd like to go to uh, probably United States, see how it is like to be in the context um, where people are actually speaking in American English because, well, American English has been the kind of like dialect of English that I've been working on. So I think having some first-hand experience would be awesome. So, yeah. And the your students, I gather, are they all from Iran? Yeah, like 100% Iranian, but many of them are actually living abroad. So uh, I'd say. So they're living abroad yeah. and they're wanting to get help with their English. Yeah, you know, like many of them have to pass IELTS tests, they need the certificate. So, and something I realized about my students is that many of them who live abroad, they cannot, um, you know, like build that connection with uh, the native speakers who teach English there because. You know, I find some some uh, first language, common first language, pretty crucial and critical to the process of teaching because sometimes you're going to have to shift and um, lay the facts out there through your mother tongue, some, something that your student and you yourself could possibly understand. So that's basically the reason they would like to have classes with somebody like me rather than a guy uh, who was born with the language, English, I mean. Sure. And I guess sometimes you can easily switch to Farsi to translate or you try to avoid speaking in Farsi with your students? Um, well, that depends on the, you know, like what I'm teaching at that moment. I have found it um, pretty effective that when you're teaching grammar, there's a chance that you might actually want to shift because the grammar to me actually has proved to be one of the most difficult parts that um, sometimes students struggle. And if you keep like speaking in English at that time, um, that might be something that they cannot comprehend. And um, your your speech, your explanation would be rendered useless. So, yeah, yeah, I think grammar part would be the place that I would like to speak in Farsi a little bit. Sure. And I, I have seen your videos. You, I see you speaking English and then sometimes you switch to Farsi and, um, uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's a totally different thing when you, when you decide to 
send videos on Instagram, post stuff, because the majority of people who are watching your videos, many of them, um, they would not understand English, or at least that's the case with my audience. Um, they would not understand like English to a great extent. So all the time you need to shift. And the percentage of those people who, who have um, a moderate level of English, it might be pretty small. So to be on the safe side, I try to make the videos in a way that everybody understands, you know. Mm. I want to find out more about Iran. I want to find out about Kerman Shah. Uh, what is it like? What What do you, you know, yeah. what is a typical well, day for you? Well, uh, typical day. You know, I, I don't know if I said this in the beginning or not. I'm an on- online English teacher, so that means I wouldn't really have much commuting outside the house. So I'm pretty much cooped up inside and doing my thing um, all the time. But um, I would probably be able to say some stuff about the city that I live in. Um, So it's a traditional city. I don't really know how to put this, but people are conservative uh, compared to like bigger cities that are in Iran, like Tehran. People here are a little bit conservative and, um, and you know, like they got this great cuisine that is kind of like well-known all around Iran. And um, I don't know how much information you got about Iran, but it's kind of a big country and there are multiple ethnicities living here. Like we got Kurdish people, I'm Kurdish myself, Oh, right. uh, we got Turkish people, we got Arabs, you know, like and different kinds of people living here. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's interesting. And and what type of food would you say uh, comes from your city? Um, there's like much of the Iranian cuisine is made with rice. I don't know, like if you know about it or not, but there is a kind of stew that is actually made in Kermansha. It's got a specific name. People call it uh, Halal. That's the uh, genuine uh, Persian Kermanshahi name for it. You got to serve that with rice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't basically know like what they put into it because I'm not an expert, but um, it is really delicious. <laughs> it's a delicacy. Like, I really like it. Yeah. Is it vegetarian or is it meat-based? Yeah, it's definitely meat-based, like, yeah. Oh, cool. Small pieces of meat, I guess, yeah. And uh, some other stuff that I'm not sure what they are, and they put it all together and they make it kind of. I mean, uh, like, there's things that you got to learn about cooking, and I've never been a, a good cook, so. Well, that's cool. Right. And what are the, the houses like? Like, when you see American tv is it completely uh-huh. different so if it, does it look really foreign to you no um not actually like recently the trend is like they're uh building like they're actually constructing high-rise buildings around here and everything every, like all the places all the neighborhoods are pretty cramped with um apartments so it's not really i wouldn't really call it a far cry from what i see basically in the series and the movies um, but I would say that if you like go to the suburbs, stuff might get a little bit, uh, you know, like representative of 
of the older times, you know, like when people lived to used to live uh, pretty simple. But inside the city, I think it's not really that different. Oh, it sounds fascinating. I would love to come visit. I really would. Yeah, you're always <laughs> welcome. And yeah, no, I hope that I, one day you can make it. No, I would uh, like even I remember when I was in London at the museum and seeing all these Persian artifacts and I'm like, oh, I'd really love to go to Iran. And as I mentioned to you before, I love Iranian food and um, it's something I've recently discovered and I was surprised about how rice-based it was. I loved it. It's great food. Yeah, I'm happy you liked it. Yeah, I love the, the eggplant type of dip. There was this one that I have... It's like with eggplant and tomatoes. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I Any- think you're talking about Mirzavas and something like that. Oh, really? Anything with eggplant is awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I also like that. Yeah. That's delicious. Oh, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting to me. And I will definitely put your Instagram in the show's notes because it is awesome. And even just the videos – um, you do. I, I'm still blown away that you have never been to an English-speaking country. I, I don't understand how someone who speaks as well as you do and you've never left Iran. It's it's crazy. Uh, well, I first let me appreciate you for having me on the show. It was great talking to you and getting to know you. And, um, yeah, as I said, it's just the, the practice thing. I think that factor matters most and it's just about the time you put into it. But Anybody would get there probably if they put in the right amount of efforts and time. And again, I appreciate the whole thing. No, seriously, I've always thought, <laughs> I've actually thought the opposite. I've always thought, no, 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 you can't pick up a language and, and unless you live in the country. But oh my goodness, seriously, like, yeah, I, I, I am blown away. It's, it's, it's cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, thank so, you so much. Yeah. Have a good night, I guess. Here's like, not night. But yeah, sorry. You. No, you're you're in the morning, so you have a good morning. I'll have a great yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, have All a right. great night. It was great talking to you. Thank you. All right, bye bye. Bye. Let's go through some phrases that were mentioned in the interview. Now, I said to Muhammad quite a few times that I was blown away by his how well he spoke in English and how much he understood, uh, seeing that he'd never been to an English-speaking country before in his life. So to be blown away means to be really impressed. So I was really impressed by his English level. At the beginning of the interview, you would have heard Muhammad say, practice makes perfect. Now, when I was growing up, my music teacher always said this to me, that practice makes perfect. So it basically means that if you practice something. So I'm going to practice my trombone, which was where I heard this phrase all the time. I'd play my trombone and my teacher would always say to me that I would be perfect at it if I practice. So you hear that term when you you want to get better at something. So people will say to you, practice makes perfect, keep practicing. But I do, I will say that one of my teachers did say to me, perfect practice makes perfect because they said if I was making a mistake while I was practicing, that wouldn't make me perfect. But that's quite a funny way to look at that. Another term used was when Muhammad said that he was told that he has a way with words. 
Now, if somebody says to you that, oh, they have a way with words, it sometimes can relate to that they're, they're obviously very talented in the way that they speak, but also it could have another context. It could mean that the person is quite charming. Now, when we say charming, that means that they're, they're very pleasant, if they're charming. So sometimes a person who is going to tell you something that's not quite good, they have a way with words and they can make it sound better than what it was going to sound like. Let me go through some words that were mentioned. Towards the end of the interview, Muhammad talks about Kerman Shah, where he lives, being quite conservative compared to Tehran, which is the capital of Iran. So when we say that somebody is quite conservative, they usually hold on to their traditional beliefs. And that usually happens in uh, different countries, that the major cities are usually less conservative than the towns because major cities are usually uh, innovative and they've got the newest and best things in those cities. So it's quite normal for uh, the capital city or little towns to be quite conservative. I'll quickly talk about some of the food that Muhammad mentioned and he said that there's a famous stew Now, a stew is a dish that's quite common um, in English food, and it's a lot of vegetables and meat cooked in a pot, and it's usually served in wintertime. And and Muhammad was saying that there is a famous stew from Kermanshah, which is served with rice. And he said that it's a delicacy. Now, a delicacy is something that it just tastes amazing. And usually if it's a delicacy from your country, it's something that you like to share with people and say, oh, this is one of our top um, dishes from our country. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. Transcripts will be available really soon. So in the meantime, go and check out my website, kimslawofenglish.com. And if you get the chance, please write me a review on your podcast platform. See you next time.